You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 41. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 41. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. I am having so much fun in the Confident Kid Challenge this week. It has been so inspiring to see all these moms letting go control over things like homework and morning routines, letting their kids get up on the set by themselves and out the door, cleaning up after themselves, all these things that some of them are letting go, some of them are stepping up and they're molding their behavior, they're correcting, they're holding them accountable. They're saying, hey, this is, you know, kind of how I expect you to come in from school. This is where you put your backpack up. Oh, you forgot your shoes. Oh, hang up your coat. And we're stepping it up so that our house has a little more order so that we feel proud of ourselves. And it's been so fun to see these victories of kids, you know, getting off to school on time without mom nagging. So we're letting go of the nag and the reminding and the hovering, which is kind of what our topic is about today. So if you missed the Confident Kid Challenge, you can still go to our Facebook group. It's called Supermom is Getting Tired. And you request to join the Facebook group and you can see the videos and the posts and all the victories. It's so fun and inspiring. But today's episode is about letting go of homework hassles says, I know I shouldn't be managing my children's homework so closely, but I can't seem to let go. If I don't stay on top of them, check in, nag and remind them they won't do it. I would rather hover over them than deal with the Sunday night freak out when they realize that they hadn't gotten it all done. In the past, when I tried, my daughter panics and yells at me and says, you should have reminded me this is all your fault. How do I get out of the cycle of overmanaging my children's homework? This is a, written by an anonymous mama. And the parent education answer is that the first step to breaking out of a cycle like this is to recognize that you're in a cycle and that both you and your child are perpetuating it. So this is a very important first step and you have already accomplished it. So good job, super mom. Next, you'll want to take a look at why you want to change this pattern. If your reason for wanting to stop micromanaging is because, well, I'm supposed to, that's not going to be compelling enough. So one research study showed that parents who judge their own self-worth by their children's achievement report more sadness and diminished contentment in life in general. Another study showed that the more time a mom spends caring for her children, the more troubled her marriage becomes. So these are compelling reasons. (laughs) It doesn't feel good to us to always be nagging and hovering over. We don't like being that person. And our husband apparently doesn't like us being that person either. But for many super moms, Even saying like, I want to change because I don't like feeling this way or I value my marriage 
isn't enough. We want to know that our child will benefit from us changing our behavior. We love doing things that are good for our kids, and that seems to motivate us. So here are four reasons why letting go and trusting your kids to make mistakes is good for them. Number one, a 2016 study from Florida State found parents who tell kids when to eat, sleep, and exercise are more likely to raise kids with health problems. When they turn into adults and moms stop reminding them, kids are less likely to care for their bodies when they're adults. Come on, children. Can you believe that? All right, number two. Psychologists at the University of Washington studied more than 200 kids and their moms for three years. They found that when a child already had pretty good judgment and self-control, too much guidance and not enough independence raised the risk of them feeling anxious and depressed. Number three. A 2014 study from the University of Colorado found that adults who grew up with helicopter parents are less likely to possess the mental control and motivation they need to succeed. Overparented kids aren't used to tolerating discomfort. We moms like to swoop in and rescue them. We shield them from pain and prevent them from dealing with hardships. In addition, they're used to instant gratification, which also leads to decreased satisfaction in life, if you know anything about the marshmallow study. Uh, Number four, many studies, many, many studies found that college students whose parents hovered were more likely to take medication for anxiety and depression. So when a parent tries to prevent their child from experiencing negative emotions like this meltdown the mom says is bound to happen Sunday night, it robs their kids of the ability to regulate their own emotions leading to less life satisfaction. So we want our kids to have healthy mental and emotional lives. (laughs) So not only is letting go control of your child's homework appropriate, because it's his homework, not yours, it will alleviate your burdens, making you more relaxed and fun to be around for everybody, including yourself. It can improve your marriage. It can give your kids the mental and emotional skills they need to function successfully and happily in this world as they grow older. So now that you know why it's so important to let go and allow your kids to manage their own homework, let's take a look at how. How do we do that? And there are just four simple steps when it comes to delegating to kids. First, I do it for you. Then I do it with you. Then I watch you do it. And last, you do it independently. So is it time to let go and let him figure it out on his own? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how old the kid is. (laughs) If he's only six, he might not be quite ready for that. If you've been pulling the homework packet out of the backpack, laying it on the table with a sharpened pencil and telling him what to do and how to do it, maybe it's time to move to step two. So encourage your child to take out his own work, decide what to do first, and then ask for help when he needs it. So step one is mom does it for you. Step two is I do it with you. 
So depending on the age of your child, that might be appropriate to kind of just start letting him pull it out of his backpack and everything that he's physically capable of doing, letting him choose what he wants to do first, you know, when he wants to do it, where he wants to do it. Those are all things that the child can decide. So if you've already been doing this, then maybe moving on to step three is appropriate. This step three is me watching you do it. I'm in the room, but I'm doing my own thing. I could be cooking dinner or working on my own projects, but I'm not sitting there just watching my child do their homework. (laughs) So I'm there to correct, hold accountable, you know, just kind of if they need help, they get stuck on something, kind of help point to the directions rather than me reading the directions for them and telling them what to do. I can show them where the directions are listed and have them read it. So me watching them do it is a step three. Make sure that your child knows it's okay to turn in work that is wrong or incomplete. We really want to avoid the stress and anxiety that comes with perfectionism And so if your child has not ever turned in an incomplete homework assignment, I highly suggest you have them do that. (laughs) There are systems in place. If they don't do their homework, they need to experience what the consequences and the teachers have that at school. That's what the sticker charts are for. They, you know, have to stay in at recess and finish something up. You know, if they don't understand what to do, Have them turn in their paper with all wrong answers because the teacher needs to know what that child is capable of. So if the mom's doing it or helping them, then they're going to have this false sense of what the child understands. And so the teacher really, usually the homework, the purpose of the homework is to reiterate stuff. So it's helpful for the teacher to say like, okay, this assignment was confusing or clearly I need to go over this again for my students if a lot of them are getting them wrong or they found that it was too hard. But if all the moms are helping their child complete their homework assignment, then it's robbing the teacher of that knowledge and the child of the experience that he doesn't have to do everything perfectly all the time. And step four is letting go, letting your child manage everything on their own independently and that you don't ever really have to ask. You might check their grades, you know, around report card time, (laughs) but the teacher will let you know if nowadays with emails and power schools and all this stuff, like, you know, you might want to turn off your announcements or your alerts if that's a problem, but you can find out if there's a problem anytime you need to, the teacher will let you know. So there's no reason why you need to look over their homework assignments. Sometimes all it takes to motivate your kid to do their homework on their own is experiencing these consequences that the schools give out. Maybe they need to have a detention in order to learn that they are responsible for their own homework. You want your kid to make as many mistakes as possible when they're young, because if they don't make any mistakes until they're older, then the consequences feel really dire. That's when we get kids who you know, want to commit suicide because they didn't get a 4.0. It's just we want them to make many, many mistakes when they're little. I remember my son coming home from first grade and he said, you'll be so proud of me today, mommy. So why? I said, because I got my star moved from green to yellow. 
I'm like, why would I be proud of you for getting a warning? Because that's what that meant, right? He was talking or not listening or something. And he says, for the experience of it. I had taken a class on how to help bright, perfectionistic kids, which he was, celebrate their mistakes. And I had been working on this tool of how you're supposed to celebrate a mistake. Because I was really, I was perfectionistic too. I'm sure that's why my son was. And it was hard for me, but apparently it had worked because when he got in trouble at school, he came home and bragged about it <laughs> to his mommy and said, you'll be so proud of me. So the life coaching answer of what gets in our way from being this chill parent, raising independent kids and celebrating mistakes? Well, fear of doing it wrong. We put so much stock in being like everyone else even when everyone else is doing it wrong. We look around the park and every other mom is following their kids around, arms outstretched, ready to catch them from falling or prevent them from stealing toys and eating sand. We get together with other moms and we talk about our worries and we complain about things. And like, who wants to be the one mom that says, well, everything is great at my house. I have nothing to worry about. You know, we don't want to be that socially awkward. We want to just gel with our peeps. So it's just too easy to go on social media and see everyone else posting their teenagers' victories. And we think, well, my kid doesn't have a 4.4 GPA. I must be doing it wrong. So let me tell you a story that happened to my neighbor. He let his daughters, ages 12 and 13, ride their bikes on the trail near our home. It was their first time, and he drove to different points along the trail and honked and waved as they rode by. Ten minutes later, he pulls into his driveway, and the police are at his door. They got a report that a man in a white van was harassing two girls on the bike path. It was him. <laughs> Peer pressure is a powerful force. We don't want to get the, have the police show up at our door because our girls are riding independently on a bike path. You know, I remember getting a text from a mom saying, you know, your son just won an award at this assembly. Like, why aren't you here? And I'm like, because he asked me not to be there. <laughs> he didn't want that much attention on him. But we don't like getting those texts. We don't like feeling guilty, like we're the bad mom or we're doing the wrong thing. And so when everybody else is overparenting, it feels like the right thing to do, even when it clearly isn't good for our kids, ourselves, or our marriages. The other thing that gets in our way is we think our child's emotional outburst is a sign that we're doing it wrong. We think that's like, oh, bad mommy, my kid's upset. <laughs> So I remember when I was this freaked out, perfectionistic new mom, right, trying to do everything right for my newborn. I had read that you shouldn't allow visitors for the first two months because of the baby's sensitive immune systems. But I had friends wanting to come visit and my extroverted self was going crazy being home all day. So I called my brother-in-law, the doctor, and I asked him, like, what is the deal? What should I do here? And he said... Ideally, which is what I was striving for at the time, you want your baby to not get sick at all for the first two years of life so as not to compromise his immune system and then get him as sick as humanly possible between the years of three to five in order to build his immune system. Well, I think emotions kind of work similarly. 
you know, jump to the rescue every time your baby cries in those first few months of life, right? Totally get it. After that, encourage them, your babies, your kids, to experience the full range of human emotions as much as humanly possible. Let them fight with toddlers over toys. Don't help them when they can't master a skill. Let them sit with the struggle. Allow them to experience a skinned knee, the frustration of not being able to open their own cheese stick, and the feeling of being left out by their older siblings. These emotions are so important for our kids' mental and emotional health. I encourage you to be the mom whose kid gets a 3.0. Be proud of it. Be proud of not showing up for every performance and every game. Brag about sending your nine-year-old to sleepaway camp on his own. Celebrate your child's misfortunes, their broken hearts, and bruised egos. Being able to experience the full range of our emotions is what makes us feel fully alive. Knowing you can manage your own life, your own relationships, your own schoolwork, your own career, and your own emotions gives you a sense of personal sovereignty and competence that is irreplaceable. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is overstimulation. I am writing this in a gym with loud music blaring, fluorescent lights glaring down on me, 20 balls flying around the gym in multiple directions, listening to four different conversations going on around me, sitting on a hard wooden bench with fans blowing the smell of teenage sweat all around me. Our world is too damn stimulating. Even in our own homes, we've got the TV on, we've got the TVs nowadays are flashing lights and sound so much faster at a pace that is unprecedented. Our phones are constantly buzzing with notifications, calling to us with flashing lights and the allure of escaping into a game or someone else's Facebook perfect life. The amount of mental stimulation we are experiencing today is unprecedented. And between hovering moms and kids' fears that they aren't measuring up to these Instagram perfect lives, the rates of anxiety in ourselves as well as our kids are skyrocketing. Our brains are not designed to take in so much stimulation. We are left with racing thoughts, worrying, and trying to control our external world as a way to calm our inner world. Too much stimulation is one thing that secretly drains our energy, so finding ways to reduce all that input can really help. Today's Supermom Power Boost is to take a break from modern living and all this stimulation. So brainstorm ideas with your family to think of fun ways to reduce this input, the stimulation. Because threatening to take away TVs and cell phones and video games can feel like a punishment to kids, right? Kids and teens benefit so much from a break from all the stimulation, but we want it to be kind of their idea and sound like fun to them. So here are some ideas to help you feel like a human again. Fake a power outage and play charades by candlelight. Like, I don't know if there's a way you could turn off all the power in your whole house without the kids even knowing that you've done that. That would be kind of interesting. (laughs) If there is, email me, let me know. 
sleep in a tent in the backyard and go with like the natural lights of the day, like fall asleep when it was dark and wake up when it's like, I remember one time the power literally went out and oh my gosh, my whole family was like ready for bed at 8 p.m. We couldn't believe how tired we were because it was just dark. Go to the beach, get out into nature, take a picnic lunch and fly a kite, find a cozy spot to curl up and read books as a family, turn off all the devices, play a board game by a fireplace, play a party game outside, get crafty and artistic, uh, sit around and play some musical instruments. Like there's so many fun things you can do to reduce the stimuli. It's going to make you feel like you're on vacation and mama's. You deserve a vacation. So if you have ideas of ways to take a break from modern living and reduce the stimulation, go to the Super Mama's Getting Tired Facebook page and share them. I would love to hear your ideas and we can share them with other moms so that we can create a more relaxed and less anxious home life. Today's quote of the day Why did parenting change from preparing our kids for life to protecting them from life, which means they're not prepared to live life on their own? Julie Lithcott Hames. And if you have not read the book, How to Raise an Adult, Break Free of the Overparenting Trap and Prepare Your Kid for Success, I highly recommend that you do, especially if you've got a teenager. All right, super moms, I will love you and leave you. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.